I ain't never been the loudest in the room The higher the volume, the more imminent the doom Don't play yourself, kid, play the system The US government, the largest walking contradiction Listen, if you wanna see impossible, then look at me My DNA is cut exquisitely from the best of sheets If I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm ten toes solid On the same soil that my grandfathers was walking Know your history Welcome, friend, to Quantum Theory a podcast solely focused on amplifying black and indigenous voices. And that's facts. And that's true. And that's facts. Let's go get them. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey. Uh-oh, the reprise, the reprise. Run it back one more time. No, please. <laughs> Yo, DJ, run that back. <laughs> uh, you, you can't back my dry like that. You got to run it back. Run that back. back. <laughs> I know that reference. That reference I do know. You can't just give him soft like that. You got to give him to him hot like that. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that's itty bitty piggy, is it not? Uh, yeah, original for sure. Yes, it is. Uh, and then you find that on the, uh, on the Bia remix as of late. Um, I put on my jewelry just to go to the bodega. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Itty Biggie. I used to love Itty Biggie P. Oh, the one yeah. in high school. You can't just give it to him dry like that. Right. Run, run that ish back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <and> holiday. <laughs> oh my gosh, the way that yeah, the gays in the club would just go wild uh, <laughs> when Itty Biggie uh, when when that one came on. Just oh my gosh. Ooh, and we used to go to this place called Our Place. Uh, it was up on the hill in, in Seattle. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was this one little section to the right of one of the go-go booths where like on the wall, it's like this little cubby. And then like, so you can tuck back there and have like your own little private space. And it had a mirror right there on the wall. Um, oh yeah. You already know. <laughs> People are fully oh, utilizing ever, that mirror. <laughs> right. You like wherever, like if you and your friend group were ever able to like, you know, claim that space, it was a wrap. Um, oh, for sure. You know, I'm jealous. Right next to the go-go, got your own little spot, got a mirror, you know, just to the to the left of the stage. It was B. It was it was a nice little place to be. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm glad I got the first reference of this show. Like I legit need to do like I've tried been trying to be on my game because when you come at me like with a reference <laughs> and I don't know it, my mom was even disappointed into me. Disappointed oh, no. in me. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. All right, let me let me make sure I'm on my toes. You know, not disappointed though. Even if I have to have another laptop up and going, like okay, (laughs) typing really quick, like hey, hey Siri, hey Alexa, what what is you know putting in what you're saying? Because once mom's disappointed, it's like you 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 hit an all time low. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's too good. Yo, your mom stays on it. Uh, she does you know shout out uh, to mama yeah. ellenwood for sure for sure even with the uh, throwing down with the 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 article that she sent us the other day um yeah I, was, I, was surprised. I, I still need to read that i feel bad i probably shouldn't oh say God. that <laughs> my mom's gonna be like all right but she sends me so many different things all day and i try to keep up with it but i i accidentally overlooked that one so i am going to look at it well by the time point. Yeah, by the time that this episode comes out, <laughs> you know, you'll have the time to go on and, uh, you know, go back and, and read it so you can have conversation with her. 
We can do uh, super little bit rewind, cut that out. <laughs> it was actually super quick. Um, and I love that her, um, now that I'm looking at it, uh, that her subject line was Idaho for you, dot, dot, dot. I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just over it. <laughs> yes, that's that's definitely my mother. She's um, my number one fan. Yeah. But she'll okay. give it to you the way you need, the way I need to hear it for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, she is she gives you the 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 honest truth so oh my she's my biggest critic but my biggest supporter at the same time not critic oh that's not a good she, she keeps me she keeps me successful let's <laughs> just put it that way okay. for lack of a better okay. word <laughs> but um anyway enough about me and all of my embarrassment but <laughs> what what do you have going on on your end over there uh, well, uh, yeah, you see me here in this dark space because uh, I'm tucked away in uh, the closet of uh, Angelo's uh, apartment. So I came down. To why LA did you visit. not tell me that at the start of the show? I was first of all, I, I was I like, did. why no. are you oh. tucked away in this little nook? Oh. And like, you're like, yeah. oh, I'm not home. But if I knew it was Angelo, I'd be like. All right, <laughs> like another story. Yeah, so I came down to LA. I landed here last night. Uh, oh. I'll be here for about a week. So that that recording you sent me of the flight attendant singing was yes. like an actual video. That oh, was, that's that was so real funny. time. Yeah, I didn't she, know if you like recorded and TikTok sang. and. I didn't know if you like were just sending me something, or but then I heard you laugh at the end. I'm like, well, is this old? Like, got it, got it, got it. Anyway, ignore my yeah. excitement. Now, once yeah. you say Angelo, it gets me all jittery. Shout out to Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> right, for real, for real. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, there's like a, a, I don't know, like a six lane little byway. It's not a highway or a freeway. It's just a regular street down here in Southern California. Yet it's like six lanes wide, which, you know, you just mm-hmm. don't find up in the Northwest like that, really. Uh, and uh, yeah, so there's a, you know, you get the traffic noise up in the front. So I'm like, well, if I go to the back of the apartment in like the furthest back place I could think of was this closet. So, you know, just, Got to, it. you know, we're, you know, trying to keep the the quality up for our quad or, you know, I almost said quad pass listeners. Oh, I <laughs> our quantum theory podcast. <laughs> Dang, for our podcast listeners. <laughs> Speaking of remix. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, wow. uh, so yeah, so I'm down here in LA uh, and uh, going to be here for the next week or so. Looking forward to it. It was sunny today. Uh, yeah, it was like Jealous. 70 something. And there was like sun on me. And I was like actually hot in the morning uh, on his little balcony where I was like, oh, I need to get out the sun. Um, yeah. Which, you know, a grateful moment because, yeah, we haven't really had some back uh, the, uh, nice. the dubs where I've been. So, yeah. I'm jealous. Not at all. You're with you're with the grandparents, right? No, but it's I'm jealous of the sun. That's what I'm jealous of because (laughs) there it was like so. My grandmother had a procedure, so I'm out here basically Mm -hmm. helping out my grandma here in Connecticut. And so I was driving from DC to here, and I have to go through like Philly like for like passed by Philly and like there, I didn't even know I was driving into a storm. So like there was like lightning leaves all over the road. Everyone on the highway has their hazards on. I'm like, okay, when I, I didn't know this was about to go on. And so the whole time it's been like rainy here, but it definitely is cozy. So I'm definitely glad to be around the grandparents, but I'm like you, I'm literally in the complete opposite, like corner of everyone else right now, like tucked, 
literally in the corner of the house, doors closed. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, we get the job done, right? By any means necessary. The show must go on. (laughs) Thank you very much. Yeah, we're making it happen. You know, that's really cool, though, actually, is like the flexibility again in our Jetsons world. Here we are, like in two completely opposite places from our home base, from our actual sound studios, quote unquote, that we've set up for ourselves. Uh, Yeah. We're still making the the stuff happen. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So So good. Uh, Well, another thing of making it happen. You tell me. (laughs) We got, well, I don't know if you're ready to push into this. I mean, if we're still recapping, but I just felt like, oh, this is a a good transition to talk about somebody who's been making it happen because we have a special guest, Amber, Amber Starks is coming on the show. So I'm really excited to hear her, her views and um, see what she's got going on and to see, see what she's got to say. So I'm really excited. I've only known her on Instagram. So I've seen her quotes always being retweeted and she's also a big supporter and avid supporter of the both of us. So I was really excited for this one. I know for real, it was hella dope actually getting to like hop on with her because just like you, it's like spent time with her on Instagram, you know, just going back and forth. We have our small connections with our Instagram people, right? It's our part Mm -hmm. of our world right now. Uh, Yet to like be in at least a real time space with the person. It's always cool you know it's like all right it's one step closer to meeting uh, yeah as we're all separated and for people who don't know who amber starks is uh, you may possibly know melanin muskogee uh that's what you'll see on your instagram feed uh uh, as the handle and um so amber starks herself aka melanin muskogee is an afro-indigenous uh african-american and native american advocate organizer cultural critic decolonial theorist and budding abolitionist. She is an enrolled citizen of the Muscogee Creek Nation and is also of Shawnee, Uchi, Quapaw, and Cherokee descent. Beyond that, her passion is the intersection of Black and Native American identity. Come on now. Her <laughs> activism seeks to normalize, affirm, and uplift the multi-dimensional identities of Black and Native peoples through discourse and advocacy around anti-Blackness, abolishing blood quantum black liberation and indigenous sovereignty yes 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 and she hopes to encourage black and indigenous peoples to prioritize one another and divest from car- i knew i was going to screw this word up compartmentalizing <laughs> struggles <laughs> she ultimately believes that the partnerships between black and indigenous peoples and all people of color will aid in the dismantling of anti-Blackness, white supremacy, and settler colonialism globally. She earned a Bachelor's of Science in General Science, emphasizing in biology and anthropology from the University of Oregon. So she went to school our way a little bit. So now, and yeah, now here we are getting to hop into conversation. So I'll meet you over there. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, hello, hello. Here we are with our guest today in our 21st episode of Quantum Theory. 
<laughs> yes, the Melanin Muskogee, Miss Amber Starks. Hello, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Like, I just feel always so um, grateful when I get to like meet folks in real digital life, real digital <laughs> life. Um, you know, because we we're online and we you know interact, but it's nothing like being in real conversation. So. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to chat it up. And yeah, let's do this. Yes, for sure. Well, I mean, it is real time. You know, here we are live. Uh, it is just kind of strange <laughs> that, that that different dynamic that we have where we literally talk to each other through these screens. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. so it is happening in the moment. Yeah, it feels kind of strange because it's like... Yeah the physical disconnect, you know? Right. right. We're 2D versus 3D, right? Yeah. It's yeah. one thing to like see someone on social media. And then once you get the, that physical introduction, it's a whole nother experience. For I've real. had mixed signals with that. Like I've had one person, she was like, she was around me all day and it was an elderly lady. And you could tell she was just kind of looking at me and she goes, would you happen to be beadwork by Michaela? <laughs> oh my gosh, I have a celebrity. And I was like, no, I'm not a celebrity. Like, just chill yeah. out. Like, no. social media. But um, it really gives you the opportunity to really ask those questions you've been wanting to ask, which yeah. brings you to the table today. To where we sure. yeah. well, it's so funny, too, that people like they notice a person or they can know a person by their handle. You know, yeah. our handles have become a part of our identities now. Mm-hmm. For real. I get, I mean, even in emails, it'll be like, oh, hey, Melanin, I'm so excited to meet you. And I'm like, oh, you could just call me Amber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been, you know, at the store once and someone's like, Melanin Muskogee. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, no, Amber. I'm like so quirky and... Sometimes I fumble and, you know, in real life, it's like online, I'm so composed because I've spent so much time thinking about what I want to say. And, you know, the one sentence post you get could be a post that I've been thinking about two or three days and, you know, rewriting it. And so it's like there's a composure that happens online that when in real life you see like the goofy part of me, sometimes the shy, introverted part of me, you know, so it's like online is can often be curated you know what I mean oh my gosh without a doubt yeah that's that's (laughs) the brilliant part about it yeah Um, taking that extra moment to be like oh do I really want to say this or do I really want to do this thing yes um how is it gonna be yes Uh, well going along with that what is or who who is the person behind the handle uh maybe that'd be the title for the episode like uh behind the handle Uh, (laughs) (laughs) modern date artist or no joking Uh, you know okay so i always tell folks that melanin muskogee was not necessarily my alter ego but just a way for me to be discreet and hide. Hence, it didn't. It did not work. You know, here I am. <laughs> um, but it was a, a way originally to connect with my community online. Um, as someone who didn't get to grow up uh, in community with uh, my Muskogee relatives because I was just geographically separated, I felt like as an older woman, I it was my responsibility um, if I was saying, these are my people, you know, this is my culture that I need to be connected to community. And luckily we have the internet these days and, you know, there's, that's 
that's the main way most of us who are, you know, urban natives away from our tribes can actually interact with folks, you know, who are our peoples. And so for me, it was just a way to kind of be discreet and um, kind of be in the background and listen and learn, right? Because I feel like I'm very much a toddler in my understanding of what it means to be Muscogee. And so even though I talk a lot, this was an area where I wanted to like be silent and listen. Um, and so uh, I just thought no one would ever find me online if my name was <laughs> Melanin Muscogee. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I think what has happened has been, I don't know, maybe the ancestors like, here you go. This is, this is your work. This is your time. This is part of your path. Even when I want to run, even when I want to throw my phone in the ocean and never come back, you know, (laughs) I, I feel like, um, in a lot of ways being online has, really helped me to understand like who I am and who I don't want to be right like both mm-hmm. both things and so you know I am Melanin Muskogee but I but I'm Amber first right I I'm you know this black native girl who is learning what it means to occupy these two beautiful cultures and ex- experiences um, and live them boldly and accept what that means when, even when I'm struggling to navigate it, uh, when folks are rejecting me, when folks are, you know, calling me a fraud or a sellout, it's being comfortable in this, um, this dual identity that is a fully whole person, right? And I don't, I'm, I'm learning to show up whole regularly. I'm learning that I don't have to compartmentalize and I'm learning from other folks, you know, with these, you know, this experience, maybe not the same cultures, but um, I'm learning about what community means. I'm learning about what it is to, what it means to be bold in spite of experiencing oppression um, and learning that I exist outside of, you know, white supremacy and settler colonialism, that my first identity isn't experiencing oppression, but it's the people I come from, you know, the cultures that birthed me, you know? Um, And even though I'm still learning what that means, like inside me, like I feel like my body and my cells and, you know, my blood, they know who I am. It, you know, my body knows who I am. And so it's just my mind catching up and my heart catching up. And so, yeah, I think that's what Melanin Muskogee means. It's like, um, this merging of two worlds that's, you know, helping me to become a whole person, um, which is, again, is a daily practice, a daily acceptance. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I want to be a part of the fight. Like I, I, I was asking my therapist the other day, like, why can't I just be like an interior decorator? And, <laughs> you know, why do I feel the need to have to say something? And she's like, because this is who you are. These are your values. This is what's important to you. And, you know, it was just a reminder that I don't have to run from who I really am and um, that I get to bask in it, even when it's uncomfortable, even when I'm still, when I'm unsure of myself or insecure, um, that it's okay to be learning. Um, so, 
Yeah, so shout out to my people, Muskogee people, um, to my Shawnee, Uchi, Quapot, and Cherokee um, relatives. Those are also people I come from who I honor. Um, and of course, my Black, African-American um, relatives, like all the work that I do is because I come from these peoples and um, they're so, it's so beautiful and it's such an honor. So yeah, I think that's who I would want to say that I am. I'm, I'm a black native girl, woman who is learning to, learning to be free and learning to love my whole self um, because I am black and native, you know. More. For sure. That's beautiful. I think that's cool. The same, like that's the, the power of social media amongst the, you know, there's so much that's tied to social media um, in ways people feel about it and the positive and the negatives of it. But one of the positives of it is obviously being able to kind of somewhat create your own community or more so tap into your own community because you could be feeling a certain way or even just in terms of cultural identity. It's like you have people all over the map that are just like you. And then once you connect with those people, for example, for you, like you, you know, just knowing that there's other black natives out there that are either have the same experiences or have, you know, the same questions or whatever it is, that's kind of a good way to do it as well as by making those connections. But um, I remember you mentioning um, that you didn't grow up with your tribal community. Do you have any particular experiences that kind of stand out in connecting with your community, whether positive or negative? Yeah, I mean, I will say that I'm grateful to my dad first, who always tried, you know, tried to keep me, try to remind me who I was, right? Like my first um, connection to community is my dad, was my dad, um, who passed away a couple of years ago. So even though there weren't customs and traditions passed on, he made sure I knew, you know, he would always tell me that, you know, we're Creek, you know, remember, we're Creek. Um, and... I think so the first time though that I got to experience that or know what that meant was when I went to my family reunion for the first time when I was 18 in Oklahoma and all of the things that my dad would tell me about or you know he would go to Oklahoma every year and we never really got to go um it was like oh this is a real thing like this not just like some story that someone's like oh you're Indian it's like no this is like these are your this is your family this is your people um, this is, you know, our, our reunion was on my grandmother's allotment, my third great grandmother, Katie's allotment, which my grandmother still lives on. And so it was just like connecting those dots. Right. Um, so that was like my first real experience of like, oh, this is, these are my people. This is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think online though was the first time that I started really connecting with other folks. So within the last couple years, um, finding language groups and, you know, cultural groups where we just talked about anything and everything. Um, that's kind of where I first started interacting with other Muscogee people. Um, and like I said, it was at first just about listening um, and then hearing folks um, talk about, you know, uh, relatives who I was also related to and like, oh, hey, we, you know, we have the same you know, third great grandfather or whatever. And um, that's kind of the the first, you know, the initial ways that I started really connecting with people is like, who am I related to? And then, of course, learning about, um, you know, cultural, cultural things that, you know, language and things like that. So 
it started off really small. It started off, like I said, just listening. Um, but I, Michaela, what you brought up, what you said was so important is that, you know, sometimes we get online and like I did to first, you know, my first primary thing was to meet Muscogee people, other Muscogee people. But then realizing that there are other Black natives who weren't Muscogee, but still like building a community and a um, building relationships with other folks outside of my tribe, right? So I think there's a lot of intertribal relationships that happen are so that are so important to identity, and I feel like that blossoms um, for me uh, meeting other Black natives, um, many of whom were reconnecting as well or were urban natives and didn't have a chance to grow up um, in community for whatever reason. Um, so I think there was almost like this simultaneous experience of learning about, you know, being Muskogee, but also learning from other Black natives, like the, some of the things that they were experiencing as they were growing up in or outside a community or, you know, reconnecting. Yeah. Ooh, yes, that's beautiful. I'd love, well, then it's so crazy to hear too, how you, you mentioned in, in your first segment, how you felt as though like you're a toddler in your journey, you know, like there's so much to learn and how it was around the 18 year mark that you really had your first connections with your family. Um, for me, I come out of the Pacific Northwest. I was born in Seattle. Uh, my mom, our, 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 our moms, geez, I don't know why I just stuttered so much right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, they both come from the Nest Forest Indian Reservation. So uh, it's in northwestern Idaho. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we spent a lot of time going back and forth. And and um, even in the Seattle area, they have a large urban Indian community. So I was surrounded by plenty of natives growing up. Uh, and I actually didn't really have a connection with uh, the black side of my being. And for me, it's kind of crazy because it wasn't until I was 31, I want to say, that I had my first phone conversation with my biological father. And just from one, one conversation on the phone that lasted about two hours, the way that I walked changed drastically yes. after that. So I can't even imagine uh, the immense just uh, feeling that you got in the experience that you now walk with having that moment, that pivotal moment in your late teens to, to where you are now. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's beautiful. And yeah, I, it, I think that, yes, what you said was, is so important um, about like how one moment can change the way you like hold yourself mm -hmm. or the way you think of yourself. Um, and even those feelings of like, how come I didn't have this? Like, how come, you know, even though my dad, like I said, my dad made sure I knew, even my mom, and I tell this story to folks sometimes, so I'm sure they've heard me say this if, if they have followed me or whatever, that when I was younger, my mom used to like decorate our house with, she put really unique Indian, Indian art in our house. And I remember okay. we had this one huge, um, like velvet, velvet, you know, um, painting of an Indian like praying with like a skull neck like the most whatever you're thinking of it probably looks like that right like okay, we, we had the velvet trail of tears one um, oh so I'm sure it came from that series like, from that same election. I, I have oh, no. a definite visual of something possible okay and you know she would have other things to 
I, I look back on it and I see it as, as her way of seeing us, right? Of, you know, also encouraging us, even though she herself isn't native, she would, you know, try to have little hints around the house to remind us where we came from. But I think that there's something about like stepping foot on your third great grandmother's like land that you're just like, what? You know, and then seeing pictures of people who you would walk by and not know that you were related to, you know, um, those things became very real. Um, and I think my, that's, that's when I start really being like, whoa, like this is a big deal, you know? And like you said, how it, how, how that changed me. Um, and, you know, it took a long time though, for me to feel comfortable walking in that identity still, because I think when my dad would tell me when I was younger, I'd be like, okay, you know, and sometimes I'd fill out applications and I'd check native, but I'm like, I'm not sure if I can. Like, I didn't really know um, if it was okay or not. You know, I, I don't even know how to explain that. Um, I'm not, sh- I wasn't sure if I was allowed to, you know, um, yeah. just not feeling comfortable enough in the identity to be able to own it. Um, but I think around 18 is really like having that experience of being around like my grandmother and my great grandmother and being on land and learning about all the, our relatives and seeing pictures. And I'm just like, how come I didn't get all this growing up? Like, where was this? Um, and a feeling of like a sense of like loss, you know, a sense of like, dang, you know, um, but then kind of also being like, I'm not letting this go. Like this is, this is me. This belongs to me. This is, this is a huge part of who, who I am. Um, and I feel like just in one generation, how much stuff can get lost, you know? And I, I think I felt, I felt and still do feel a sense of responsibility of learning and knowing and making sure like my child understands, you know, who she is and the people she's come from, the people she come from. So, um, yeah, I know what you mean about like that moment changes you and you do walk a little different, you know, at least I've, I've had, I have that shared experience. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, well then too, cause there is like a strange cultural, I, I guess sorry, I'm riffing now is like the cultural um, differences too, because I, I know at least personally um, growing up, so deeply invested in my native culture with my Nimipu people. Um, it was just a part of me always, you know, however, to the outside world, I was always this black person, you know? Uh, and so it was inextricable, you know, I, I never, even though no one in my family looked like me, even though nobody in my family had, uh, any, you know, African-American black ancestry until a little bit later in my life, um, when some married in, however, you know, like I didn't grow up around that yet. I was always that uh without any question and so i've always been very solid in my native identity because that's all i've ever grown up in um whereas the reverse with people it it you know it causes like you're saying like i didn't know if i could check the box because there's like a cultural difference even you know where you don't want to um dishonor or even even though it's within your bones it's in your blood it's very much you uh there's this cultural kind of difference uh I don't I don't know how to explain it yet when you were saying that I was like oh I I get it from the opposite side because it hasn't been until recently that I've really understood the quote-unquote privilege of me being able to grow up in in my my native community you know Mm -hmm. to where you know in 
Wakiswisa Nimipuitki. Um, like I, I, I can speak the language, you know, I, I live in, in the ways, you know, yeah. um, simply by exposure and simply by being around it, uh, yet to be detached from that at an early age and then feeling as though, you know, you have to grow into it, even though yeah. it's already a part of you. Yes. Uh, that's such a strange or not strange. It's, it's a very interesting thing to, to comprehend. Yes. And I, I definitely feel that growing into it is like my responsibility, you know, like I, I'm a Muscogee woman, but like you said, that cultural aspect is something that, um, that's my responsibility to do that work as a grown woman. Like I don't, I don't take it lightly, um, saying that I'm Muscogee and, you know, I've, I've been to, you know, I go to Oklahoma once a year now and I, I go to ceremony and the last time I was at ceremony, um, I was, I was dancing and I was dancing with, you know, women and older girls who have grown up, you know, they know the culture. And then there were these little young girls, um, five, six. And I was like, I'm literally one of these little girls. Like I'm in a grown body, but like I, I, they know more than I do, you know? And so there were, there was a point where I was dancing at the end of the line behind all the little girls. And I was like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be because I still have, like, I have work to do. Um, and so it, it feels, it's starting to feel a little bit more a part of me, you know, um, you know, with taking, taking language classes, um, with, going to ceremony with being in community with other Muscogee people. Um, it's starting to feel tangible, you know, but like you said, that cultural aspect. Yeah. There's, there's definitely times where I feel like, why didn't I have this? Like, why did it take this long? But I have to remind myself that my journey is different than my ancestors, but it doesn't mean that I'm less authentic. It just means that, this is where I was supposed, this is where I am, whether I was supposed to be or not, this is where I am. And so either I can sit there and like mope about what I didn't have, or I can enjoy that I get to do this, you know, I, that I, that there is still access for me, right. Um, that I have really amazing relatives, blood and non-blood who are welcoming me home and walking me home, right? Like I, I couldn't reconnect without them. And so I'm forever grateful to the folks who see me um, and recognize me as their kin and their relatives and are helping me to come home. Um, and I often use the analogy, like my ancestors are forced to walk on the trail of tears away from home. I'm, it's my responsibility to walk back. So you know, my journey compared to theirs is relatively easy, right? Like I'm uncomfortable sometimes. I say the wrong words when I'm trying to speak the language, but I'm not walking in snow with no shoes on and, you know, no food, right? Like there is, there is, yeah, this is a, this is an honorable responsibility is how I see it. So yes. That's beautiful. Hey. That's absolutely beautiful. The, you know, find your way back. Yes. <laughs> no, uh, for our listeners, we're, we're waving hi to a, to a relative, you know, this is virtual life. We, we got, we, 
Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. How are you? <laughs> Your grandfather, Michaela? Yeah, he just came in the house from Walkie the dog. Oh so my gosh, like, he's been referenced in the show a few times. <laughs> yeah. We we know some of his quotes. Uh, wow. he, doesn't, he doesn't know you know some of the quotes, so we can go ahead. <laughs> 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 yeah. But um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I like how you references just the identity, and one of the words that kind of stood out to me was being kind of uncomfortable. You know, and I feel like that's something as Black Natives, we kind of feel more often than we should. And I think as we get older, we start tapping into that identity and then grasping our identity. And it is kind of our responsibility to kind of, you know, put a definition on who we are because we don't really have too many other people that look like, at least I didn't, that Mm -hmm. would, that look like us or I could ask questions to. And so... I know Sunny Hostin, hopefully I said that right, but um, the, the, the Sunny, she's one of the hosts on The View, but she's also one of the hosts on Soul of a Nation. And she asked this question she, to a lot of the, her interviewees who's, she, when she says, um, so when did you know when you were Black? And it's the same thing. It's like, well, when did you realize you were Native? You know, it's both sides. Mm-hmm. And so when I grew up, I grew up on the East Coast primarily for my first 10 years. And then I went back and forth between the East Coast and the rest. So I was around my Black relatives, you know, growing up for the most part to start off. And then um, I didn't really notice I was Native until I was in school and they, you know, we came to the Native American section of the, the textbook, you know, the little paragraph or one page of who they think <laughs> we like are. like the, the thinnest little <laughs> chapter. Or oh. colonization. And then all of a sudden, all the heads just turned towards me when the, the, the teacher goes, well, we have a Native American in the class. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not a spokesperson for all Indigenous peoples. And so I don't really owe you any explanation. But then also coming to the res, and then the first time I get called a nigger was there. There. And it's just all these different moments to where it's like you kind of want to just fold inside of yourself and it's a lot to figure out. And then, you know, my dad always said, you know, you have two beautiful sides of you. And he always says, know your culture, know your history. Um, so that was something I always took to and I would always do. But yet when I'm within my own circles and I'm supposed to feel comfortable, I'm definitely literally the black sheep of both sides of the the, the races. And so it wasn't until I kind of got older to where it's like, you know what, I can define who I want to be. I don't need a definition. And so I really, I thought that was really beautiful how you, how you kind of told your story, you know, cause we all have a story, <laughs> you know, we all have plenty of stories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just kind of taking that journey and it really is a journey to kind of just figuring yourself out. Yeah. And being okay with the, the, you know, the knowing that people are going to find a reason not to dislike you, but a lot of times it is rooted in them being uncomfortable with your dual identity, right? I mean, and, you know, unfortunately, I've had to navigate that online, like as I'm growing into it. I'm also navigating the the violence that comes with it, especially because I'm very vocal, right? Online, I'm very much um, thrive, trying to thrive in being Black and Native. And not only that, supporting other Black Natives who are trying to thrive and trying to navigate their identities. Um, you know, I feel like what I wanted my space to be, the community online to be, was a safe haven for Black Natives, right? Like that was the intent of once, once melanin Muskogee became a thing, 
you know, I really asked myself, like, what, what am I doing here? And it's like, you know, I'm making room for black natives to exist and to thrive and to feel safe and to be seen. And as I'm doing that, other folks are just uncomfortable with the boldness of that. And I think when a black woman and, or a black, you know, a visually phenotypically black woman is thriving in their, you know, indigeneity as well, it is, it is a threat to anti-black folks, right? Like it is just, people don't like it. They want you to be in the box that they feel you belong in. And I think there's nothing like refusing people's um, anti-blackness, their, their stuff. It's nothing like, you know, you saying that's your issue and not mine and how much offense people take to that because they expect you to, to fold, right? Like you were saying, Michaela, to fold. Um, and there's definitely been moments of where I have wanted to. There's definitely been moments where I've been like, is this worth it? And, um, and I'm just grateful for whatever it is that I will say, I know what it is. It's the community, the community of other Black Native folks and other non-Black Native folks who pour into me because I don't think that I could continue to do this work without real community. I don't think any of us are made to to be martyrs or to sacrifice ourselves. Um, this is work we do together, right? And so yeah. when other Black Natives are you know, supporting and encouraging and loving and even non-Black Natives, um, that reminds me of like why this work is important, this work. Um, Cause like I said, I didn't start off to do this. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to be famous or um, any of that stuff. I just want to create a safe place for all native identities, but particularly, you know, black native identity um, folks who um, come from, you know, both of our communities to be able to, feel authentically Native and authentically Black, you know? Um, So, yeah. It was awesome earlier how you talked about the power in your dual identities. Uh, So you're saying, you know, uh, dual identities, yeah, also very whole. um, And, you know, running it back, it's going to be awesome to hear it. Uh, And it really, for me, it brought up a moment. I remember in like early high school when I was describing to one of my good friends, you know, I was like, oh, they're like, oh yeah, you're, you're black and you're native. They're like, that's like the epitome of oppression, dude. Uh, And I like (laughs) laughed at the moment, you know, I was like, dang, it is, you know? And I, and I was like, man, and then like, I've carried that for years. So Mm -hmm. since like high school through college and, and um, it's only been recently um, I'm like, yeah, you know, like I like, you know, what I have in my genetic DNA, like me growing up, like it is the low key epitome of oppression, at least within the context of like America and yes. this, uh, you know, colonial state that we know. However, um, again, it's only been in the last few years that I've been like, actually, <laughs> you know, Hi. I'm like, low key, it's, it's lit. And um, I kind of feel bad for those of you who don't have both of them. <laughs> You know, because when I'm like, 
I'm I'm on I'm on native Instagram and like going through the hashtags and going through all the stuff and I'm like, yep, that's my people. And yeah. then I'm like on embracing black culture or like whatever else. And I'm like, yes, that's my people. <laughs> you know, like I have it all. And it's, you know, Whitney Houston, it's all in me. Well, originally <laughs> Dr. Khan, yet we know. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, and so then then I think about it, because then especially um I've talked about this with Michaela, how in my life, I've been curating a lot of my space, especially as it comes to media, where I'm not allowing um, white media into my person as I used to so loosely before. I'm being very cautious of the the images that I allow to take in. I'm being very cautious of the authors and the speakers that I put into my body because I understand that I have a limited amount of time each day and I have a number of limited days within my life. Mm -hmm. And so why would I allow for things that aren't going to benefit me in the best way into my space, knowing that there isn't much, much time, quote unquote, mm -hmm. right? Right. So in that effort, it's really helped me to spotlight or to understand how like, yes, like I do have um, white ancestry. You know, my my grandmother talks about her, her great, great, great grandfather being a white man, you know, so like I know it's in the blood yet, like in, in my recent generations and around me, you know, not really, um, yeah. at least genetically, definitely married in and within the family in that way. And therefore, you know, still my family, regardless of blood, right? Um, however, it, it does kind of like, it makes me think because I'm like, I know that so many of my, my relatives, my direct relatives have, you know, half and half where, you know, they walk a uh, native identity yet half of them is, is white or a quarter or, or more. And then, you know, how much of, how much of their presentation in the world is rooted in their nativeness. And then I and then I wonder about having to reconcile also with this completely other part of them that, you know, in, in one instance is very combative with their other part, you know? And so then I'm like, well, dang, I don't have that fight. I don't have that inner struggle. Um, for me, it's this embracing of these two very rich cultures. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, this is way more powerful. Uh, and so it's it's actually flipped my mindset away from the, you know, epitome of oppression uh, to being like, oh, no, low key, like it's it's the double, you know, it's like it's, it's the double powerful. It's, you know, the world doesn't move without black creativity and like our indigenous power and our in our connection to land and everything that we had prior to contact, you know, like that's some true stuff, you know, Uh Anyway, so you mentioned uh, something about that earlier, and and it just it really struck um, because of that, and and I and I just thank you for for even noting that how there's just so much power in 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 the wholeness of yourself. Yes, um, yes, and I think that it's important. I think language and how we talk about ourselves is so important, and I feel like that's some something else that I'm trying to do um, in this work is you know, for instance, saying like. I am oppressed. I've been saying I'm experiencing oppression because I want to make sure that I'm not rooting who I am in um, who my oppressors say that I am. Right. Um, and when you talked about, um, you know, being told that you, you're the epitome of oppression, it's like I, you know, and also watching what you, you know, listen to and what you're consuming you know, I'm always constantly asking myself, like, who are you outside of your oppression? Who are you outside of white supremacy? Who are you outside of, like, the settler state, right? Because 
we were that and still are, right? Like we were that before these institutions, um, you know, developed and manufactured uh, these identities for us, right? These aren't, you know, who we are under our oppression is not our, our authentic identities. We come from, you know, Black folks and Native folks who knew who they were before these projects existed, right? These projects are relatively new in the grand scheme of like, our identities and our peoples, you know, and all that. And so for me, it's a constant like battle of like, who are you? You know, who are you um, in spite of like what, what you're enduring? But I also remind myself that in spite of where, what we've been through, we've always been the authors and the architects of like our liberation and our, and our um, identities, right? Like we, we've always known who we were in spite of like who our oppressors said we were. And I think that, you know, someone asked me, uh, I was on a panel and they asked me, um, you know, how do you reconcile not knowing like who your African people are? Like, how do you, how do you connect to your African indigeneity? And, you know, I thought about that a lot, you know, being that sometimes black folks aren't seen as like, you know, in the context of the U.S. or um, under these, you know, projects of enslavement, like we were disconnected from our indigeneity in Africa. But I want to remind us that our body knows like our, 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 our DNA and our cells, like all of that, like we we come from people who, who are connected to places and lands and our body knows that. So even though I don't, you know, mentally know that I can celebrate that my body knows where I come from. I know my peoples that I come from. And, um, I, I just have to like rest in that, you know, that before all of this stuff, before all of, you know, these colonial projects and these projects of white supremacy happen, like, I come from lineages of African peoples that can't be erased inside me. And so I just sit with that and I have, I celebrate that instead of trying to piece everything together. I'm, I'm definitely sad. I definitely mourn not knowing specifically. Um, but I'm grateful to my ancestors for their endurance um, and for their willingness to survive the most you know, horrible, tragic, violent, you know, things. And we too should be proud of ourselves for the things that we've been, you know, we've navigated and come through and it it hasn't been easy and we're all still trying to make it through. Right. But I think by envisioning and creating and refusing, you know, to succumb to these systems, like we we're planting seeds for the next generation. So just like our ancestors planted seeds that we've been harvesting and we're eating the fruit of, we're now planting seeds for the next generation that they'll be able to harvest and, you know, eat. And, you know, I also think it's simultaneously our responsibilities to pick these weeds, like these pick these weeds of oppression because these aren't, this isn't our inheritance, right? Our our inheritance is our peoples, our cultures, our lands. Um, And so, I feel like you, Kellen, that I'm really trying to remember who I am outside of these systems and not dwell on the fact that, you know, I'm doubly oppressed, right? I might be doubly experiencing oppression, but it's not who I am. I am my people's, you know. For sure. 
I seen this meme and it was like, check on your black native friends. We are not okay. And I'm like, sheesh, that is a whole like <laughs> it's a whole feeling. Because it's it's like we do have this deep rooted, rich history and ancestry on both sides to where it's very comforting yet powerful. There's so many names, you know, or so many words that can really label that. Um, so it's very, but at the same time, it's very exhausting at the same time, just as much as it's beautiful. And yeah. sometimes it's like when I'm on social media, like sometimes I just need a break from social media because it's like, you're seeing another black person being killed. You're seeing another, you know, indigenous woman yeah. missing or murdered. And it's just like, whew, you know, and you want to speak on all of it and you don't have all the words, you know, it's just accumulating inside of you, but you don't know, really know how to release it in a lot of ways, but it can be a weight. But like I said, it, 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 it's a weight that we bear and it's a weight that we'll carry. But at the same time, like I said, it is very beautiful to come and stem from these peoples because we're so richly, richly intertwined and loved. Um, and that kind of was a part of my growing up process too, was because I immediately would get angry. And it's kind of one of those things, you know, you kind of immaturely would kind of internally feel of, well, you don't understand me, <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's why you kind of get angry and you want to do more. That's when I wanted to do more protesting or more whatever I needed to do, because it's like, man, this is, this is a lot. But then once I kind of realized, you know, rather than getting angry or shifting my energy into so many different things I'm like it's more important to you know act out of love as opposed to anger because I'm like they want to see us angry they want to see us revolt you know and that's when they kind of hit us harder you know so it's like well how do I love my community in both cultures and both ethnicities and that's when I kind of decided I'm like well I'm going to raise my voice just a little bit louder but in all forms and I'm going to give more love to my people and show them more opportunities if, if I can do that give them my resources you know teach them the things that we weren't systematically taught you know, on purpose. And so comes with a lot, but I, I really liked how you um, kind of just brought up, you know, that oppression mindset and, you know, because that was put onto us, especially as black people, hands down, that's all, you know, our race kind of um, experience as from the start of America. And I think of James Baldwin, who kind of said the same thing to where he was just like, you know, you, you're not your, what your impressors think, you know, they, they taught you that black is ugly. Therefore you think black is ugly. They told you white is power. Therefore, you know, white is powered. Now that's that, that's what you're thinking of. And it makes sense because even to my grandparents, you know, that was the mindset that they had in, um, ingrained in their minds, you know, not, not by choice necessarily, but more so as a repercussion. And so um, I think it, it is very important to plant those seeds because we are, you know, we, we are ancestors, we're going to be ancestors and, you know, we have the power to shape the world and the next generation. So it, it takes a voice like yours and a voice like ours to really, you know, make, make the next generation feel comfortable um, and, and kind of reclaim and re-identify and, you know, create our own narrative, you know, right. broadcast our own narrative the way it needs to be, um, which I think is a good thing with it being 2021 and being able to have phones and social media. Yes. This is a generation to where we're going to get our point across, you know. Yeah, that's definitely our blessing within this generation um, that I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of but it definitely is a challenge I think me and Kellen were talking about that kind of last episode it's like yeah somebody has to bite these bullets to create change and unfortunately yeah we're gonna have to bite those bullets but you know it's worth it <laughs> yeah. and you know it, it really is our responsibility to rem to remind ourselves that um it is not our duty we don't owe 
systems of oppression, loyalty. We don't, it is not our responsibility to co-opt or co-sign our oppression. Like we deserve free to be free. Like our inheritance is our, is freedom. It's not these systems. And so, um, yeah, I, I feel that sense of responsibility, like you said, to, um, to say something, to speak up. And, you know, it's not my lot to be an interior decorator, but if I was, I probably would still be <laughs> speaking up, right? Like it, this yeah. is, this is, you know, in a lot of ways, I feel like if anything, I'm giving voice to my ancestors who couldn't speak up, who maybe wanted to and weren't allowed to. And so why not let them speak through me if that's what it is, right? Um, but also, you know, stuff is just wrong, you know, and things are wrong. They're just wrong. And like, you, how can we not say something? How can we, I mean, I think Zora Neale Hurston is the one who says, you know, if you're silent in your oppression, they'll, you know, they, they'll think that you were silent and you enjoyed it. Right. Like, and I'm paraphrasing that quote. So it's like, um, I'm not going to be silent and let them, them think that, you know, I, like I'm enjoying this, that I'm enjoying um, being commodified, being dehumanized, being, you know, whatever. Um, I'd rather be proud of like who I come from, the peoples I come from. And I, I'd rather prepare a way so that our descendants have, um, get to be who they, who they were, who they're worthy of being, right? So, it, it is hard work, um, but I, I do want to remind us that we don't have to do it alone. Like we're all doing it, the three of us, we're all doing it in our own ways. Like we're refusing these systems in our own ways. And I don't want anyone to think that they have to do it like the way we're doing it, right? I think, you know, speaking up when you hear anti-Blackness in your community, that's doing the work. You know, beating a style that, you know, you were taught by your grandfather parents and then you you also are incorporating something new right like you're carrying on a tradition like there's so many ways to refuse these systems there's so many ways um you know for us to exist as our authentic selves and be refusing systems and so i just want to encourage people um that you don't always have to be a, a mouthpiece you don't always have to be in the spotlight um and that even if you are share that burden with other relatives, like have a strong sense of community, people you can go to who can, you know, you can ask, you know, was I wrong? You know, did I, did I say something incorrectly? You know, cause I, I think sometimes people think because we're all online, everybody gets to hold us accountable. And I just think accountability has to come from people who know you and love you and can like, actually like, who are actually in relationship with you enough to be like, Hey, that's really violent. You know, you should, let's, let's talk about like how that's harmful or whatever. Right. Like, mm -hmm. I just don't think people who don't know me can like speak into my life. Like, you know, maybe in general, we all can say things are wrong, but, um, I think, I think online people think that they have ac unfettered access to someone to be able to say and do whatever they want to people. And I just don't think we have that authority in everybody's life. And I don't think we should pretend that we do. Right. And I think that that's what happens online is that people get online and then they, you know, they either do whatever they want or they say whatever they want. There's no consequence. And it's like, you know, we get free by working on this stuff together and being in a relationship with people. And, you know, I've had to learn that I don't owe solidarity to everybody. 
I don't, you know, I've learned, I know what James Baldwin means when he says, like, I'm not your Negro. You know, I tell people now, like, when they get in my comments and they try to get rough with me, like, I'm not your Negro and I'm not your Indian. You don't get to, like, decide, like, (laughs) you know, what I say or don't say. But there are people in my life who I do listen to because I am in authentic relationship with them. So um, I'm learning that online is, yeah, it can be really violent, but I also think that there are people I'm in real authentic relationship with who I'm grateful for, who have helped me to kind of navigate even my own like journey, even my own understanding of even the things I'm talking about. Cause I feel like I'm, I'm still growing politically, right. I'm growing culturally, politically, um, you know, in so many ways. And a lot of times I gets done, you know, in front of other people. And so I'm learning to, be mindful of like what I put out online Um, because yeah, not everybody knows you and should know you like, yeah, I could go on about that, but I just want, I just want people to know that like find community, find people that you can really trust who you can really be yourself with. Um, And we do this work together. We don't, we don't forfeit people to um, these, you know, these systems. We don't, uh, require people to be martyrs, right? Like we hold each other up and we support each other and we love each other and we help each other get free, right? Because if you're not free, I'm not free, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you make space for violent people um, or people who want to see you destroyed because there are people who want to see us destroyed, especially Black natives, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure. And like establishing your own identity just as a Black or Brown person is really the most courageous thing you can do, you know, just as, as it always has been. And so just lifting, raising your voice um, in any way, you know, any shape or form really goes a long way because we're all creatives in our own right. No matter what we're interested in, no matter what our skill is, you know, whether we're born with it or not, um, there is a way to raise your voice, but in your own greatest form. So, you know, I like how you kind of mentioned that, hey, you don't have to do it like us. You know, you can be the complete opposite of us. You don't have to even use your physical voice, but use, you know, whatever it's, whether it's your art form, whether it's, you know, graphic design, there's so many different forms of really making a difference, you know, in the smallest way. So, so yeah, I appreciated that. Yeah. Such a great reminder that we are not alone and that, you know, we're all connected in, in a grander way. And, you know, it's just a blessing to see both of your faces here on the screen, you know, our, our, our different, uh, and just, silky skin and (laughs) and compositions it's it's such a beautiful thing you know this moment is not anything that I thought was possible in my youth uh, and maybe not even something that I thought was possible five years ago you know Mm -hmm. so to be here in this moment with both of you and and to look into your virtual eyes uh, (laughs) a blessing (laughs) and and thank you for, for really throwing that reminder that we are in community and that and that we're not alone as we move forward yes Absolutely. I agree. I think I didn't ever envision this kind of community where, um, you know, I get to celebrate being Black and Native with other Black and Native folks. And that, yeah, I I see so much progress. There's been a lot of hurdles. There's been a lot of obstacles. There's been a lot of stuff that's disappointing. But I also feel like in the last year, I've seen so much progress. And I just want to say to you guys and to all Black Natives out there, like, I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of the work that we've been doing. Um, And I want to encourage us. Like, this is hard stuff. 
Um, but we're worthy of the end results. We're worthy of, like I said, our, our Black heritage and our Native heritage. Um, and no one can take that from us, no matter how much how much anti-Blackness exists in the world. We get to be Native and we get to be Black. You know, that's a privilege and an honor. I agree. Not I didn't want to say nothing. I, I was, was like, like, let's no, just let hang. I was like, that's too good. Closing his I was like, that one just has to flow. We just got to let that one flow. That I know. Beautiful. I was like, moment of silence for that one. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so good. Uh, however, yes, thank you so much for for truly throwing us out or you know throwing that out there and and, and just having those powerful words uh carry us out so thank you thank you so much again thank you for having me. man i'm always blown away by our guests it's been so long since we've had one in here like Seriously. to come back out with a bang with melanin no plan right i just saw melanin the other day that's so <laughs> funny I, in my mind i'm like we all know what race tried to call you melanin but we don't we don't gotta we don't gotta talk about it <laughs> screaming oh my gosh yeah i definitely know that uh people be like oh trinelle uh this and that you know because trinelle originals where you know yeah. i do most of my work so they just straight up hit me up like, oh, Trinell, Trinell, um, which, you know, I don't mind. It is my name. I do go by it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is kind of funny because I'm like, Kellen Trinell, technically. However, you know, the handles. Well, the, the, for sure. <laughs> and it's like the thing that that's you see, you're, you're spoiled in that way because there's so I can count on probably two hands. People who do not address me by my name they add extra letters to my name and like totally butcher it and I'm just like you realize my name is just floating above your message right like you know my name is clearly spelled in the email address that you're emailing me at or (laughs) it's right in front of the beadwork bot, like, you know, you know this, right? Like my name is clearly visible. And it happened like last week, some lady messaged me and she spells it like M-I-K-A-H-K-I-L. And I'm just like, she's like, I hope I got your name right. And I'm like, um, so my name is, you know, the name that you're emailing right now. Like it literally oh is beadworkbymikayla.com. So <laughs> you had to type that in to know who you were messaging. So it was just <laughs> and I always think before I'm like, oh, it's cool. You know, everyone gets it wrong. But now you see like this, this phrase or this, you know, it's not, I guess it's technically a meme to where it's just like, baby girl, correct them every time of your, you know, your name. So that's what I do now. Yes. Um, I don't think I know this one. I'd have to see it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably sounds like your grandma's popping. I know she was popping earlier in our episode uh, <laughs> when we were in our interview. I love that, like, even the fact that you all have a landline these days. Uh, it is. <laughs> I literally had to mute myself into like my I don't my grandma is so popping and I don't understand like why every time it's like if I swear the phone don't ring as this much while I am not recording. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> the, the second, yeah, look. 
people are trying to like get on it you know they're trying to add i don't know whatever that's okay they're I all think of like uh what's it called <laughs> every time a bell rings an angel gets its wings um i don't know that's what i'm reminded of right away uh, well there's plenty of angels that got although that's sad wait a minute <laughs> <It's not good. laughs> i mean it's happy-ish have you ever seen it's a wonderful life a christmas movie in black and white it's really old no. Um, anyways, that's like the Gosh, moral of the story. I'm gonna start tallying all of the things I do not know Please because don't. it's embarrassing. <laughs> now my heart sinks a little in my chest every time. I Please see. no, it's it's or really not lie. that big of a deal. Like, oh, you didn't see, you didn't see the second one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really not. Um, however, it's just like one of those old time Christmas movies, and yeah, there's like that's like you know, value your life is like the moral of the story. And then, like, the guardian angel who helps the person understand that moral, they mm-hmm. get their wings. Um, and you know it's evidenced by the bell ringing. Got um, it. So it's, like, a good thing, really. You know, it's like, uh-huh. an angel did a good deed. And so, like, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. I feel like I've seen that somewhere. Like, it was referenced maybe in a different movie. Yeah. But, yeah, that I'm sounds sure. really familiar. You know, just like uh, Tiny Tim with his, uh, God bless us, everyone, or whatever. Um, oh no, another reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I was trying to think so fast, like as fast as possible. They're like, who Um, is this? Kind of like when Whippy says, if you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up. You better wake up and pay attention. (laughs) You know, it's like that. That's the only reference I got. Let me run it back to a, a confirmed source that I know you'll gather. Like, okay, I got it. I get the sentiment. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Oh, so good. Uh, anyway. Yes. Any yes. Anyway. The conversation <laughs> here, honestly, like I was left uh in silence, just had to have a complete moment of silence there at the end. Cause I was just like, thank you again for these powerful words. Um, and then just yeah. being blown away, like I said, like being on screen with two other Black natives and like the two of you, just your big shining faces. You know, it's like, what an honor. Seriously, she would, well, pff, not seriously as in looking at my face, but like. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're I welcome. Thank, thank all the little people out there. <laughs> no, right. it was no, I literally, no, I had a moment to where I literally just kind of stepped back and it was just like, man, I was just looking at like all of us is like. You know, I've never been around, I don't see, I don't know. I haven't been around as many Black natives, just kind of in general. But I think, yeah, I guess only including myself, three is the most. Because like at one time we sat down with Tommy, like I've never had a group discussion, but yet felt so relatable in so many different ways like mm-hmm. like that. I mean, yeah, like when me, you and Tommy sat down and had a talk, um, that was really cool. But with this conversation, I don't know. I mean, I guess they are both really cool, but it, I just yeah. remember stepping back and kind of stepping outside of myself. Like, man, you know, I don't, I, this is very rare, you know? Yes. So, um, so yeah, definitely a blessing to have her on the show. She did amazing. And I loved how she kind of touched on kind of everything. And it was like, it was almost like we would say one thing, but like we all understood, like yeah. we said one phrase, we said one word, and it was just like, all of our heads are nodding. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, yeah, I've had that emotion or I've had that happen before. So it just felt really good. I mean, I know I'm kind of just 
speaking in shambles right now, but just the feeling was very overwhelming in a good way, just being there. But yeah. And even my grandfather. So my grandfather made his appearance today on Quantum Theory (laughs) unexpectedly. And it's like, you can't control the grandparents. They're going to do what they want to do regardless. And so he popped his head in. (laughs) And it was crazy because you guys didn't hear it because I like try to hurry up and mute it when he came in the house. And he's just talking away at the dog, walking in. I'm like, hey. (laughs) And then he like pops his head down. And yeah, yeah, I was definitely muted. But he was just like, beautiful people and I'm just like man I'm like all right like Yay. that here you know you're gonna make me tear up like because <laughs> he Yay. literally stopped and looked down at both of you and you were just like so beautiful so that was that was kind of kind of nice to to hear too but wow anyway that's amazing well yeah even when he was popping his face in when he like crouched down it was like face in the screen I was like oh yeah <laughs> Grandpa's here, like part of the show. You the know, funny thing just is, like you say, like, there's no doing away with grandparents. I told my grandma because my grandma knew she's like, all right, Michaela, you go do your thing. I'm gonna go over here. And so I told her, and she was just like, oh, and like rolled her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, and then when you're like, oh, yeah, we've heard a few quotes from him. And I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know he had some quotes in there. You'd be like, what, you, what, right. what, what were you saying? Right. Uh, he's going to double back and have to, to listen for him. He's definitely not going to listen. He's not going to have no idea what I'm playing him. <laughs> right. Because they don't, under, I don't think, they don't oh, really dear. know, they don't know what podcasting is. So I'm like, well, basically you're going to be like on the radio. And so my grandma was like, oh, my gosh, your grandfather got in there. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. And it's a radio that doesn't go away, you know. It's exactly. A, <laughs> the world It's going to sit up there. And people can get it on their phones. They can get it online. Yeah. Um, I think the funniest part is the, is the, like, the, the actually seeing it. Just the way he just had no idea what was going on is what mm-hmm. the funny part is. Well, that was the best part. Yeah, literally, like, like the crouch down and the investment into what was happening <laughs> in the screen. You know, we witnessed it, Amber and I. We sat there, we're like, oh, okay, he's joining in. And then also, again, it's just like the acknowledgement of like, this is virtual life, you know? Things are just going to happen on the fly. Uh, and then honestly, beyond all that, honor the elders, right? Like, <laughs> they're going to do what they want to do. Uh, <laughs> and we just, get to, we just get to experience it. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. There's a lot going on. I mean, you could hear a dog barking in the background. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What to, I, I apologize. And I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Oh, this episode okay. is just, this episode is going to be very connected. Like they're going to get a glimpse of, of Michaela, I guess, like just close hey. personal. <laughs> well, there's hey. a lot of distractions and I'm just like, oh my gosh. I feel so unprofessional, but at the same time, I mean, it's cute too, because it's like my grandparents obviously support whatever yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. Um, well, I, well, cause honestly, like him even just making the comment about like us being beautiful people. I'm like, yeah, you know, we felt that light from him even. And I know it's like super encouraging because it really does. It's a testament to like the work that we're getting to put in, you know, we yeah. said it in our conversation uh, with Amber where it's like, yeah, it's, it's simple conversation yet we all at some point most likely didn't think that a convergence of people like us would ever happen, you know, where even we just get to come together and talk about things. Um, yeah. So the fact that it's happening and then, you know, again, hearing more and more how hopefully it's helping others to 
you know, just broaden their perspectives as well as us, you know, we're learning on the fly too. So, uh, you know, for sure. I would come through and bless it and be like, oh yeah, you know, even not knowing, <laughs> um, like he said, I'm like, oh, get all choked up. I'm like, yeah, here. Yeah. Thankfully, you didn't do nothing crazy. It's funny because every time he comes, like every time he sees me for the first time, he's always like, hey, girl. Like, and it's super, it's kind of loud. <laughs> At least he didn't. Yes. I thought he was going to announce his presence when he came in and he didn't do that. And so it was like when I turned my head and I, I was like, oh, we're recording this. He's like, oh, you want me to go? And then you guys both waved <laughs> and he pops head back down. Oh, ain't that something? Hello, how are you doing? Like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, all right. Special guest Yo. number two. <laughs> I'm saying though. Oh my gosh. No. Oh, oh my man. actually a grandparents episode would be hella bomb. Yeah, uh, that would be. You that'd know, be interesting. Even just to like like get a gander at what they think we're doing, you know, like what is what like when you hear this, what do you think this is? Um, and then obviously just whatever else that they have to say, because, you know, don't let me ever, uh, produce an elder, or at least not around my parts. Like with my gram, like she'll, she'll talk about, like, she'll ask me about a pencil and then end up like talking about four generations of like family knowledge. Uh, <laughs> and it'll be about 20 minutes later. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Seriously. See, my grandma would do it. She she doesn't like any like she don't want to be a part of no social media. She's like, you're not gonna paste that on the Facebook, are you? And I'm just like, <laughs> so she would refuse. But apparently, my grandpa is open. But you know, he's open. He's open and willing. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> look, he's ready for his radio spot. Get his voice out here. I'm sure he has Seriously. more more bits of a uh, wisdom to share. Some knowing bits of wisdom. <laughs> he's the one that's very. He was. Um, grew up in the south, so he's he got opinions, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know, so yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, like, again, I didn't really grow up with like my black family and um relatives, however, uh, having time with uh, like Jeff Guillory, um, one of our elders in, in our community, just even hearing like where he came from down in like the Houston area and what it was like growing up in the segregated South uh, and that being his reality in childhood. I'm just like, you know, we're that close to to these links. So yeah, even just like their stories alone are so powerful uh, because I mean, there's stories that we read about and we see in the movies and we, you know, we know on a very high level yet again, the fact that people live these lives and not even a past tense, you know, like they're the products of living in these circumstances and situations and environments yeah. is wild. For sure. It's just, it's crazy. Cause it's like, just looking at them, you know, they have so much more experiences and so much more knowledge that they're actually sharing, you know, I mean, it's different to know to ask certain questions, but just, just sometimes just looking at them or just observing them, it's like, man, you know, I want to know everything you know, or I want to know, you know, why I am the way I am. You know what I mean? There's just, there's yeah. a, so much power in our elders that I feel like you can go a lifetime and you still wouldn't truly feel what they feel in a sense, you know? But yeah, that's a thought. <laughs> For real, I know. I'm just Grandparents like, sound on QTP. 
Yeah, seriously. Well, because I mean, you know, here we are, like having our evolving conversation. You know, I don't ever purport to know it all or to be correct about everything. Uh, you know, there's been times where we say things and then something will change. You know, like I remember with Rutherford Falls, I talked about like, you know, I, I didn't see nothing. And then like literally that week I saw some like the very thing that I claim not to see, I saw. Uh, and so then, you know, mm-hmm. coming back and being like, oh, actually, amendment, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, just like being the young juvenile voices out here, like, again, we don't always know exactly what's going to come out when we when we show up together yet at least documenting our conversations and you know us coming together and bringing other people into the circle to share their stories uh, yeah it's it's going to be exciting to you know just to see like how it affects other people you know because all of this is greater than ourselves yeah for sure yeah and then again just getting the nod from from the gramps i'm like all right like <laughs> It feels good for sure. So are you going to be there for the rest of your weekend now or what's going on? Um, I might head back for the weekend. I'm just kind of playing it by ear. Okay. Um, I got some work to do um, back at my place or my area. So I might go do that and I might pop back over. I actually have a friend um, coming to New York next week. So... I'll be back regardless. And so I'm in Connecticut, but I'm in Stanford. So that's like hugs New York City, basically. So I'll probably come back next week, make sure the fam is good and go see, go see the bestie. And then probably chill. I say that though, hopefully chill (laughs) until, you know, 2022. (laughs) Dang, you think that, oh, good luck. No, that's not going on. But two holidays. And the holidays, I was like. I'm just, you know, I refuse to go anywhere. I'm just sitting here by myself for Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and whatever else. No, that's not the way that's going to work. Even if I wanted it to work that way. Right. exactly like, I, and it's funny because people like two months ago what are you doing for thanksgiving what do you think doing for christmas and i'm like i'm so last minute i buy my tickets like two days before i'm about to leave that you're asking me way too early i don't know yeah. where i'm gonna be. so <laughs> so we'll see i'll probably fly back home to idaho at some point um but i usually split them up so i hang with the fam my two homes hang with the fam here and then go into idaho to see the idaho fam but we'll see. Do you have any big plans for the holidays? Uh, like outside of the know of yet? or like holidays? Uh, no, I mean usually just, just be the home. Usual. Yeah, yeah. Spokane area. Um, I don't. But know. that's also nice too. Is just kind of the predictability is really nice sometimes too. So yeah, um, yeah. You know, Getting through yeah. beadwork will be a challenge, and I hope to have some major pieces done by the end of this year. Uh, oh, not carry into next year so same. yeah i mean it may even just be advantageous to be around for the holidays and to not uh to not do anything outside of it gosh yeah i'm in the same boat i'm like looking at my orders and i'm like i refuse to bring these orders into 2022 <laughs> like, right i want a clean slate i want clean water like i just want to breathe you know smell the yeah. flowers on the other side <laughs> yep. you know yeah and i guess only beaters will really understand what i say and the feeling that comes behind it because it, it can be a lot heck yeah 
um yeah and then hopefully out yeah, hoping to like decompress if anything um so one thing that i'm actually low-key going through right now is i have like an inflamed iris so like my left eye is like super what? red yeah and it's giving me like headaches and i have like this pain in my eye from like light sensitivity Ugh, um, what is going on with you kellen thank you i'm right. buying you an eye patch and i'm I'm in Amazon one. right now and I'm like, all right, prime membership, let's go. Get that there. <laughs> Seriously, actually, that sounds amazing. So yeah, I'm um technically right now like on a steroid eye drop um like regimen to like get it taken care of. And basically it started last Thursday. So I went into an optometrist on Friday down in Pendleton and they told me one thing and then I um it didn't get any better over the weekend. And so then I went into an optometrist in Spokane on Monday um, and they basically corroborated what the first one said. So basically just saying like it's high levels of stress um, and screen time that are like making my eye go and like get inflamed. So it's not, there's no infection. There's like no cellular disruption. There's no systemic disease. It's literally like the like stress levels. <laughs> Um, and like my, like my nervous system being on high alert, that's causing like my eye to like mess up right now. Wow. All right. Well, well, everyone, this is the end of season one of Quantum Theory. <laughs> we will be back next year. You know, we need to take a health break. So please. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know what? Screw it. This is over. This is it. This is it. This is the last year of us. We're done. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a thing. Like I honestly didn't know that like you could like mess up your vision um from like stress and whatnot. Yeah, it makes sense, you know, like stress causes stress a lot of other toll. bodily things, you know. Yes. Yeah. Stress really puts a heavy toll literally on anything. Like, yeah. I feel like in any part of your body, any part of your emotions, like stress is no joke. And I think it definitely does knock years off of you as well, which is insane. Mm -hmm. I just kind of heard that. So if you ever need a mental break, you are more than welcome to be like, hey, I need a month or whatever. Just let me know because... Yeah. You need to you need to get back again because you've been crippled for a little bit and right though well, that's the thing I'm like another thing you know I'm like getting over it myself and even the fact that too that it's like not an infection because I'm like okay an infection like give me the five days of antibiotics like let's go you know I know like yeah. that can get done right um, I know this sounds really callous and I'm I'm totally joking uh, yeah you know when it's like actually you have to like mitigate your stress and like work on calming down your nervous system um, and you know tap into your parasympathetic system and I'm just like uh, like holistic changes girl like we don't have time to, <laughs> to implement all this holisticness right now I'm like, I got oh, things man. to do <laughs> you do a lot though and it's like you will downplay it or act like oh, I just like okay I'm gonna hop over there and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do this but that's it so are you are you okay do you need a break and I'm just like Okay. And I, sometimes I take, you know what? Yes. Can we start a little bit later? Or like, but it's like with you, you have just as much, like, I, like I've said this before, you have just as much, if not more on your plate than I probably do just between where you have to be, what you're working on your health. So, I mean, <laughs> if you need to slow down, it is okay. <laughs> well, if anything, it's teaching me to, to take like better care. You know, I've already been doing it. 
you know, I've been talking yeah, you're about in a closet, Helen. You're in a closet, a <laughs> dark closet, recording this show. <laughs> Don't knock the closet now. <laughs> this, this literally is a sound issue. Are you taking it easy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, oh, so for the holidays, yeah, I definitely would like to slow down because, yeah, the I have like a couple more trips in front of me and then hopefully, you know, the not because, yeah. I'm like stare at eye drops. I'm like, how do we get here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> First the steroid. That's what I have to get over. And then eye drops. Like, what's going on? Like, what? <laughs> uh, the the doctor actually he did uh, he gave me some like really cool glasses too though. They have like these different lenses. They're like basically like the 3D, the old school 3D glasses that you would use at the movie theater, um, mm-hmm. where it's like paper. Um, however, it's like a certain part of the color spectrum that slows down the brain and it like engages your parasympathetic, whatever nervous system. So like it slows down your nervous system uh, mm-hmm. and it's like this really like deep purple tint. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've been wearing those for like 15 minute periods here and there. So yeah, it's like meant to like slow down. And then he also offered me like, apparently there's a bunch of like research in this guy who like had his like his eyesight basically all the way go from like high levels of stress and like working on like early internet construction creation right mm-hmm. um and then like then he went away to an island started doing more holistic things and whatever engaging in different ways and then his eyesight was coming back so i didn't mm-hmm. realize that like your eyes can go out from stuff like that which i've always considered again being a beater i'm like like we talked about it a few weeks ago where it's like like, why am I like always beating like I'm running out of time? It's because like, I don't mm-hmm. know exactly how much time I'll have, you know, whether it's my eyesight, whether it's my dexterity with my hands um, or, you know, anything like just being able-bodied like that can always go, you know, it can get infirm. Who knows, you know, what things mm-hmm. can change. Uh, so it's like, yeah, I got to get it out. And then now this being a super tangible thing where it's like, oh, the amount of stuff that I take on and the way that like it is now playing out on my body can actually negatively affect this thing that i enjoy doing i'm like whew. yeah scurry very well yeah it'll be okay <laughs> okay i i'm over you kelly like, that's not how this works <laughs> i'm gonna be a little bit more strict with you i'm realizing <laughs> Right. I like how you like propose the worst possible outcomes, but it's going to be okay. Like it's going to be fine. I'll be okay. <laughs> Look, at least we're staying Again, as you're on the floor in a closet, do I have to keep bringing this up? You need to rest, my friend. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, for sure. Well, definitely. Anyway, Thank well, you so much. I had a really fun time on this show. And as always, it's an honor to work with you. I appreciate your time and appreciate your wisdom that you bring. So um very, very, very glad that I had the opportunity to do this today with two beautiful souls. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. And of course, thank you again so much, Amber, for joining us and for sharing all your awesome tidbits and sound bites yeah. and golden nuggets and all the snaps bombs all the, snaps. All the things you know uh, yes. it's absolutely amazing and i'm hopefully or you know hopefully we can have further conversations in the future uh yeah because, you know as she mentioned you know we're here doing the work which really the work is us existing uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and those seeds. yeah wow. and shout out to, to grandpa thompson uh, <laughs> 
Shout out to Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now, all right then. Well, I guess I'll see you next time. All right. See you next week. Beep, 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 beep. Jokes. I did that like twice. I almost did it at the end. It was just like, don't overkill. Don't overkill, Kayla. <laughs> oh, man. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with my crew, simply talking our Black Native talk like we do. There's a whole lot more for us to discuss, though, so stay locked in. You can check out our episodes on quantumtheorypod.com. Feel free to send in any topics, questions, or small business shout-outs to our socials, and you might just hear us discuss it on air. Our IG handle is at quantumtheorypod, and you can also find us on facebook.com backslash quantumtheory. So be kind to yourself out there, know that you're a boss, and drink plenty of water. Kotskiyapihechnu. See you next time.